0: Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm so excited about today's guest, Jonathan Alpert. Thanks for coming, Jonathan.
1: Thank you, thanks for having me.
0: So, you have so much that we can talk about, but before we get too focused on what you're doing right now, will you give us a little bit of background and tell us a little bit about maybe where you're from and kind of where you got started?
1: For sure, for sure. Yeah, so uh, born and raised in Denver. I'm uh, one of the lucky natives. Uh, Another
0: native. Another native. High five.
1: Uh, But you know, who I've had a Great opportunity to watch the city grow. Um, you know, being in the real estate world, uh, it's been pretty fascinating to to see it move and grow. Especially, you know, being here in the early '80s and '90s when Denver was uh, a very different place. So it's uh, been fun to do that. Um, you know, my background. You know, uh, grew up in a home builders family, home building family, and uh, should have paid attention uh, as, a younger, <laughs> as a younger kid to. Um, you know, what my, what my family did, what my dad did, but um, ultimately ended up uh, in the real estate world uh, really by happenstance. Landed in a brokerage job doing uh, retail brokerage and really learned uh, learned about a city that I really never knew um, as the city was changing and becoming urbanized, right? Um, yeah. And so that's really what uh, propelled me into the business and um, I, I really found a passion for design. And uh, I'm a design nut, design dork, whatever you want to call it, but. That's really what fuels, you know, my passion for real estate and has allowed me to, you know, progress through the years you know, from brokerage to the different stages of development that I've been.
0: So, did you go to school for development, or what did you go to school for? No,
1: no, I got a uh, business degree in Atlanta at uh, Emory University, small little school. Um, and again, the same kind of thing. I wish I had listened to listened to, <laughs> listen to your parents. Listen to your parents. Advice that one. Uh, but. Uh, no, I mean a business degree, and then really um, I, I spent a year in Australia after college before coming back to Denver. And um, uh, their harsh climate really exposed me to you know design elements and how that plays into into really into homes and and uh, you know in, into residential living, just quality of life, sun exposure, uh, and it is again being in Australia, the the environment was so harsh that um, you know I just something I hadn't thought about, right. and that you know, as I started to get my brain set on well, one day you need to get it together and make a living and all that, it, that, that really just started to push me and got me thinking about modular and all, all those kind of things and really that's what excited me and pushed me into the development world.
0: Awesome. Okay, so you w- came back from Australia yep. and then what happened?
1: Um, I started a retail brokerage firm called Sullivan Hayes and did and, you know represent retail tenants and shopping centers. And you started that? Well, that's where I started. I, okay, I, I you did, started. I, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was no, like, no, oh my God! No, 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 no. something long, new. No, no. Long time company. Long time company. <laughs> I was lucky to uh, to get okay. a job there, but I spent two years there, and um, you know, again, I didn't, I did not love brokerage. It was not my forte. It was not my style. Um, but I learned about the city. I mean, that's really what happened. Um, you know, I mean, I remember calling my dad uh, at you know. 22 years old and you know, it's before Google. Right. right? The early stages of Google, but you know, it'd be downtown and the grid's all goofy and I'm like, Dad, how do I get the hell out of here? And I'm trying to learn the streets and learn right. the retail and where there's opportunity. So you know, so started in that business, um, spent two years doing it and you know, again, did not love the business, but I, I, I started to learn um, you know, where there was opportunity and, and really got exposed to a city that was in its infancy and that's really, that pushed me into development. I went from there and worked for a company called DTC Meridian, which is now Shea Properties. I spent five years there and worked on the development side. Did everything from you know, medical office to you know, land sales to uh, retail development. And but it was it, it was beyond an incredible learning experience. Uh, I needed to learn. I needed to get my ass kicked. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I needed to be accountable. And so it was one of those jobs where I mean, you know, I. Show up every day, fight the battle, and but I, 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 I learned from incredible people at that, at that company, and most of our stuff was suburban, right? It was Highlands Ranch, it was Reunion, it was um, a Tech Center proper, and which, is where I grew up, and so it was a little, again, I, all this stuff is good, but right. it wasn't. I wasn't passionate about it. I learned a ton, and I loved what I was doing, but not in the. Areas that I that really got me excited, okay. um, and then that ultimately led to me going out on my own, you know, in 2010, uh, which was an interesting time to go out, right? You, you had the financial crash, you know, real estate was slow, and it was it was hard to um, convince people that you know they should make these investments coming out of that. Um, but I just I had a great comfort in in our urban core and young people moving to Denver and starting to talk about moving to Denver because, not because of the mountains, but because of the city. You know, it was the first time I'd heard that in my life, that people were like, oh, I want to visit Denver. It, you know, it wasn't yeah. uh, passing through. And so, you know, I, I felt like I was in the right place, but um, it, it, it took a minute to to get people, you know, excited about it and willing to invest. But,
0: so what was that first big development you did on your own? So the
1: first big development I did on my own was a project called Verve, um, which had many iterations Previous to uh, what it ultimately has been called, but it's uh, it was a piece of land at 15th and Delgany, so right by the Museum of Contemporary Art. The museum was relatively new at that time, and I mean Union Station was kind of just going. Riverfront was there, and Glass House, and like that stuff was happening. But you know, um, Highlands was really coming into its own, and and it just it it was in the way. I mean, 15th and Delgany, Pepsi Center, Union Station you know, cause the redevelopment hadn't happened yet. Right. But um, it, it felt like a great site and we, we uh, entitled the project. I mean, the, the zoning was there, but we put a plan together, multifamily piece and ended up selling it off to um, Amstar. So it, great deal, great first deal, but it was one of those things, uh, hindsight is uh, <laughs> 2020 and you can never look back, but um, it's, uh, we should have built it ourselves, but young, yeah. stupid. Didn't know, you know, what we really could pull off. Um,
0: right. But
1: it it, uh, it worked out great, and um, that yeah, that kept me kind of moving into the urban into the urban space.
0: And now since then, you've done a number of projects, um, some of which I've I've had the opportunity to be involved in on in a bit. And one thing I just so admire about you, Jonathan, is you are a trailblazer. You know, you are willing to go into places and to go into situations and blaze the trail and uh you have a couple of projects going on now where i feel like you know we've had some conversations about the importance of just education when you're trailblazing, sure you know and keeping people abreast of that do you want to share anything about this sort of sort of some of the the projects you've done since that first project and
1: yeah yeah for sure i mean i trailblazer i I appreciate that yeah you are um, a trailblazer no i mean it's just going where the puck is moving right like where it's going to end up i mean i we are lucky we live in this city that has really unbelievable infrastructure. And so, you know, if you put a dot on Denver and Central Denver, Lodo, you know, the, the financial district, whatever, I mean it's not it's not rocket science, right? I mean you know where the areas are gonna be and, and where the growth is going. And so, you know, there's just it's been opportunity to uh, play in those arenas and yeah the, the being early in those neighborhoods is is interesting because you you have an opportunity to affect really positive change, but at the same time there's always there's always issues with that there is displacement there's uh, you know folks that don't want to see change and you know and so you try like I try personally like crazy to engage with those communities and um, you know make sure the projects are authentic and not not everybody's gonna like them right you know it just it doesn't matter right there are people that just say no and don't like them and I certainly understand that um, but that's, that, that's been the greatest challenge, but also the, 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 absolutely the best result, and you know, like that super hokey, but like I, it, the community piece of it, when you see people show up in a place that they weren't before and start to engage and build a life in that in that area, in that neighborhood that you know. You know, I try to, I try to build places, be involved in places that I want to be at and live at and experience. And you know, most of um, our tenants or homeowners in certain places, I'm sure are tired of seeing me because I'm, <laughs> I'm always around, but I think that's uh, that's a critical piece to that. If you're going into these neighborhoods, you gotta you gotta be there, you know? And, and, then,
0: and I've seen you in some of your neighborhoods sure. when I'm hanging out there, yeah. so I know that's true. Uh, you know, so you, you bring up a, an interesting topic and in one of community, yep. and I think that is definitely a theme that runs through the projects that I know of uh, that you're a part of. How do you how do you believe you build community, or what are some of those key kind of pieces of, of creating community in those spaces? Sure,
1: sure. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, there's two communities. I mean, there's many more than that we have to deal with, but you've got the existing community around you, um, which is critical. And I mean, we live in a strange time. I mean, social media and uh, it, people have the ability to say no a lot and right. a, a lot. They can do a lot of yelling and screaming without <laughs> repercussion, you know? Right, and just you know, get behind the computer and get very tough. And so that community is tough because, you know, there are people that embrace it. And, and I've experienced this at Spark in right. particular, right? Right. You know, it's a, a site that had a lot of history. So, I you know, I knew what I was getting into. And it had, I mean, it's got all kinds of convergence of societal issues, right? Right. And so, I mean, I, it wasn't lost on me. I knew what I was getting into. Um, but you have that piece of the community where people are just they're just not going to like what you do, regardless of what you're doing. Even if it's their idea, they're still gonna find an issue with it. So I've struggled with that, but just keep showing up and keep answering questions and keep trying to, you know, I just keep trying to, I can only do my best and try to make everyone happy. Doesn't <laughs> always happen. So right. that's the, the existing community. So how, but how do you engage otherwise in those communities? I mean, people are gonna say no, so you kinda, of, okay, hey, just take it and then, But I've had opportunities in in particular in that community of Redline, you know, an art gallery that had been there for 10 years prior, um, doing amazing work. And I was able to get very involved with them and and participate with them and vice versa. So, you know, I think it's just a matter of diving deep and and again, just being there. So that's that community. But then you have the community that you're building. Right. right? That little, the the micro community that you're building. And, you know, that part is beyond important to me um, because people are trusting me. Like that's deep within me is, especially on home ownership, right? I mean, anything, businesses, you know, you're putting your life on the line. Right. I, you know, I want to, I want to do right by you and, and provide you with something that you can stand behind and that you feel comfortable with. And so that is, I mean, the greatest joy, but also the, the greatest challenge for sure. Keeps me up at night.
0: Interesting, and I I think it's such an interesting trend that it seems like, and I'm curious if you agree with this. But I feel like any time I'm going to these development conferences or sitting in and any of this stuff, the the real conversation is around experience. It's yeah. around community. It's yeah. around engagement. Totally. Um, do you find that that has shifted a bit in the development community over sure. the last?
1: Big time. Yeah. I mean, I think everything is about experience. I mean, it really is, and in all product types. I mean, we're. We're doing industrial in a, in a pretty heavy way at the moment. You know, not, it's not my day-to-day world, right. but within the company, watching the plans and watching the development and conversations, you know, people expect something different, and that's in the experience. So even though it's industrial property, you know, as that market morphs and becomes, you know, it's always had showroom activation, but even more so and that showroom becoming retail and so you have these major mixes even in in, in uh asset classes that traditionally didn't have that yeah and so we talk a lot about you know what, what is what is the worker going to feel like when they're on site in this warehouse and you know how do you wow. how do you engage in open space and how, how do you make these places you know great for the user you know, right. for the customer and the, and the tenant and the owner so it, it goes both ways but yeah I mean, I, the experience is everything everything we look at it. Whether it's retail, um, you know, especially retail, like how do you get people coming back? How you know, online is the killer, right? Yeah. So we call it. Um, we have an acronym for it, like everything, but um, retail, uh, internet resistant retail.
0: Oh. You know, so like Stanley. Okay. Stanley,
1: we consider internet resistant retail because you. You have to show up. It's the experience that's driving you there. You know, you don't know what you're going to see. There's going to be some activation, some flash mob, you know, in, <laughs> in the common areas or some kind of, uh, you know, farmers market, whatever the case may be. But it, I mean, that, 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 and that goes across all asset classes, everything.
0: Yeah. So not knowing what you have to actually be present to experience it. Mm-hmm, it's not mm-hmm. something you can do digitally,
1: right? Right. Or just you know the brand experience. You know, we're seeing a lot of retailers um, want a little pop up. You know, just because so that they can engage with. The, customer and a lot of it's even on returns or wow. something online shoe doesn't fit so you go there but you engage with that brand and so now that brand all of a sudden I mean, yes you're gonna to continue to buy online they don't need the brick and mortar like they used to right but it's a place to experience a brand and, and get excited about you know what's forthcoming and if you've got the right people telling that story stay relevant
0: Interesting, and so you've ta- you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but the theme that continues to come up through even the things you're talking about, about how you reflect to um, the projects that you're doing and wanting to make sure that it's win-win for the customer as well as the people who are there, and um, it, it all sounds like it sort of comes down to these interactions between human beings sure. and the yeah, value sure. of that uh, that interaction.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, without a doubt. I mean, I, I that is... The core of it is, I mean, uh, you know, speaking specifically to home ownership. You know, being from a home builder, you know, I, you know, watching that as a kid and not even realizing what I was watching and learning, but what soaked in. What I soaked in was, you know, these, again, these people trust you and making the largest purchase that they will likely ever make in their life. And it's, right. It's real. That's real. And so that interaction, that you know, um, that human touch. People can get a hold of me day and At 2 a.m., I answer the call if there's an issue with a project. And I, I get asked a lot, of time, a lot, especially younger millennial employees, <laughs> that are like, Why do you do that? You shouldn't do that. I'm like, Should or not? It doesn't matter. I, I will. I'm going to. I'm going to make sure that I'm available, that I can answer a question, and that, you know, at, that, at the end of the day, that's all we have. We have our relationships, we have our reputation, and, you know, that. Is the most important thing. So I will continue to answer those calls, regardless. But that, and, and it's you know, it's that way with the city interaction. It's that way with you know political interaction. It's that way with. You know, I mean, I have an amazing relationship with uh, you know, a couple commanders at the Denver Police Department. You know, just working in the Curtis Park Five Points neighborhood. Right. You know, but that was they've been an unbelievable relationship um, because they I mean, they're out there dealing with really serious stuff and you know they wonderful people I mean, just you know, fighting like all of us to you know to do their job so yeah those relationships are, are everything for sure
0: so you can hear the passion in your voice about what you do is where do you think that that passion comes from is it a passion for design a passion for people a passion to see something come to creation
1: yeah, all of I, the it's, yeah it's all of it it's all it. I mean yes it's definitely the design I you know I, I Read all the magazines. Or I shouldn't say read. I look at them, and look at the print <laughs> pictures, uh, you know. I yeah yeah yeah. But yeah, it is the design. I mean, it's a it's a, it's a want to elevate the city and push the city and do interesting things where people get really excited about being a part of it. So yeah, it's design. It's uh, and it and it's really that community drive. It's um, you know making great places. Really trying to make great great places. You know, Stanley as an example. You know, when I see families and kids and interacting and dinners and just people making their life, it's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, I yeah. can imagine. Yeah, that's, that, a, that's a cool way to yeah, sit back and yeah. watch all of that happening and know sure, that sure. you really were a had big a, piece, a piece of that. It, a piece yeah, of it, yeah, a big piece of starting that the catalyst for that, everything that's happening there now. Um, now, so in the theme of social capital and sort of the power of our network, can you give us sort of some examples or some times in your life or maybe some transitions that have taken place that those relationships that you had in the community and in the industry sure. and in life were really what played a big role in those?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it, every step the way it has. I mean, it's really everything um, from you know, the first job. You know, it, was a, it was a family friend who I ran into and had a quick conversation and said, hey, come try out brokerage, you know, and that, and that to Shea Properties was another relationship that I was able to call on and you know and seek out advice that turned into work and then yeah. you know going out on my own and then transitioning back into a larger company um, that was it was a relationship a, a, a friend said you should meet these guys they're looking at similar stuff and you know a phone call and a couple conversations later and you know so yeah it's it's everything I mean these relationships. And, and that's a, a a beautiful part of denver is i I feel like our especially in the development community it's very collaborative you know and I can only imagine what uh you know development looks like in in larger cities that have already i mean that are largely already developed i mean it's, right. I think if the competition's extremely fierce and you probably don't get a lot out of each other yeah I feel like we share a ton here and i don't I mean good bad or otherwise it, it feels very good. Even though we're competitors, I, I still feel like our community wants to, uh, you know, help each other up and hold each other up. And so, also from that standpoint, that that social capital and being able to call, I mean, and you know, a lot of these yeah. friends that are developers, whether it's Chris Lonnegro or right. David Jadis, or whomever, the ability to pick up the phone and call somebody that is you know is dealing with the same thing you are, and just bounce that off the wall. I mean, it, it helps a ton.
0: And that's you know, even a sense of community within your for, development. For sure, for sure, uh, for sure. and, we,
1: and we're competitors, right? But we also, you know, we know that we also can help each other, and that's really critical.
0: That's awesome, and thank you for sharing that. I, and when you look at, you know, developing social capital, do you have any like key ingredients that you think have to be there?
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a willingness to talk. It's you know, and be open and candid. You know, I mean, I'm. Probably overly share <laughs> overly candid with my feelings and you know with good good things and bad things and um, but I think it's a willingness to share. If you're vulnerable, I think people are you know then they're willing to be the same way with you, right? And then you learn that it's not all you know sunshine. It's yeah, this is a real issue and I need help. I mean you know that yeah. I think that willingness to just to open up and 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 talk with somebody is really really important and just a willingness to meet. There are a lot of people that. I'm too busy, I'm, and, and we all are. We're all very busy, especially in our cell you know, phone days. But um, it, I think just a willingness to have a quick conversation is, is, a, is really important, and I'm always, you know, I try to make myself available to anybody, you know, any relationships or friends that ask, hey, talk with this young lady, talk with this fella, you know, i always have to do it.
0: That's awesome, and I can attest to that. That's why you're here, so thank you so much it's for more. being willing to be on this show. Um, You know, you have a a substantial network and your reputation really precedes you, Jonathan. You've been involved in so many quality projects, you've blazed trails and sort of set the stage for others who come behind you. Um, You know, you really have, from my perspective, have been one of those people that consistently walks the walk and talks the talk and in that do you have any advice like as you kind of have looked over your journey or something that you might tell your younger self now that you've sort of come this far
1: yeah for sure i mean i trust your gut i mean especially <laughs> in real estate i, I, I it, it is definitely more of a feeling than it is that we can always make numbers look right on paper i mean excel does wonderful <laughs> formulas for you and they're never going to be right and so i think it's you know fine-tuning stuff on paper and Trying to make things work is you know, we we all do that, but I think it's a matter it's it's trusting your gut and just going with it. And you know if you're it, it's that passion. If you feel like doesn't mean they're always going to work. That all the projects are going to work, but as long as you're trusting your gut and doing what you believe in, you know that you get through it. You get through it. And and like I said earlier, listen to your parents.
0: Listen to your listen parents. Listen to your parents. That's they, a they good know, one. They want the
1: best for you. That's for <laughs> sure. And now and being a parent. You know, I'm learning that. It took me a long time to understand that, but
0: Okay, yeah, Do you now, tell your Do you tell your kids?
1: I do. They don't listen, listen. to your parents, and they, they don't listen.
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, well, thank you for sharing that. You know, as we start to wrap up, and um, I I appreciate you being here. Do you have any kind of final thoughts as far as just kind of looking over the whole picture of how relationships have been a piece of your overall success?
1: Um. Yeah. I. Again, I think it's that's what we have in this world. Is we have those relationships. When everything else fades and everything else goes away, we have our friends, we have our family, we have the people that we've, you know, worked with over the years, or had. And, and we always, and, and that stuff happens at different times, right? I mean, I have friends or coworkers from years past, and you know, but when you see them again, and all, you know, and you remember those things, and that, that's what we have. And so, yeah, I think it's just important to make time. For that and and again, just a willingness to talk and be open and make time for for others and, and make time for family and and all that I mean it's just just being there being present I and mean, that's and, and I, you know, I should take my own advice but I, it, it, I, I every single day i'm trying harder to put the phone down, put the computer down and take a breath and just you know and, and make time for those relationships that's that's really important.
0: That's very important. And thank you uh, for that tidbit of advice. I think there's a lot from just these few moments with you that we can um, take and apply to grow our own um, social capital. And thank you so much for being here. That's all for this episode of Social Capital Expert. Please visit socialcapitalexpert.com for show notes, additional episodes, and to see who will be visiting us next on the show. Also, be sure to check out our upcoming Social Capital Mixers. These are events where we can connect in person to build social capital. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you join us for the next episode.